0: With Hashem's for learning, soyta daf yud We left off on daf yud base, two lines from the bottom. When the Gemara quotes again, the pasig Vayikbar bagai, that Hashem buried him in the valley. So before we go on, just to make a quick recap of a very important, one can say, debate between the Malachi Hasharis and HaKadosh Baruch and that discussion was as to what was Moshe Rabbeinu eulogized for. So we learned that the angels, that the Malachi HaShareis, they quoted the Pasuk Tzitkas Hashem also Um in Israel, that Moshe Rabbeinu carried out the righteousness of Hashem. And Moshe Rabbeinu instructed the Mishpatah to the Jewish people, implying that Moshe Rabbeinu's main mission was to teach and to inspire the Jewish people to connect to Hashem through keeping mitzvahs. Hashem then responded that the main greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu was Miyakumli li that who is going to stand up together with the evildoers, together with the sinners. In other words, as we learn in Hasidis, that when there's a pasuk in Vo'ez Chanon, before the Torah records for the second time the Aseret Adibris. And dear Moshe Rabbeinu says, That I stand in between Hashem and between you, Hashem to teach you to instruct to the word of Hashem. So the question is that when you have a Moshe Rabbeinu, a Rebbe, that's standing in between Hashem and the Jewish people, what is his main function? Is his main function to be a representative of God to the Jewish people? Or is Moshe Rabbeinu's main function to be a representative of the Jewish people to Hashem? Who is Moshe Rabbeinu with? So the Malachi Hasharez saw Moshe Rabbeinu as the one who is bringing the word of God to the people. Hashem says that the real greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu was that even when the Jewish people were not yet listening to the word of Hashem, whose side did Moshe Rabbeinu take? He didn't side with God to chastise the Jewish people. As, and viewing that as his main function. His main function was the opposite, to defend the Jewish people. And not only like Avram Avinu, as we learn in Hasidus, that Avram Avinu was pleading with God not to destroy Sadaim because there might be tzaddikim in Why should Rabbeinu acknowledged that there are no tzaddikim. And even though there are no tzaddikim, Moshe Abeinu sided so much with the Jewish people that ultimately he told Hashem that if you're not going to forgive them, God forbid, then erase me from your book. I'm with them. And that was even a greater eulogy. Now, having said that, we'll understand better, at least perhaps, the following discussion and statements of the Gemara. So, again, two so lines from the bottom. So Hashem buried him in the valley in the land of May of Mul Beispa'ir, opposite the place called Beispa'ir, opposite the area where there is the idol of Pa'ir. So, Omarav you should know that even though Simon Betoych Simen, even though the Pasig gives a sign inside another sign, a double sign, he's in a valley, it's opposite the base, nevertheless, no man knows where he's buried. And what's the meaning of no man knows where he's buried? So, the Manal says that being as, being that, the life of a tzaddik, this is like al Altar writes in the The life of a tzaddik is never his physical life. is a munah of Hashem, Yiras Hashem and Avas Hashem. That doesn't die. That is not buried. What is buried? The body. Moshe Rabbeinu had nothing to do with the body. He was a complete, pure, spiritual person. And, and there was a time that the evil kingdom, normally this refers to the Romans that they sent Eitzel turning to Tav Dalit. says Rashi that they sent to the local officer that was in the area, in the region of this base Pa'ir and the Romans or any other evil kingdom asked that officer, Harenu heichen kaver, show us exactly where is his grave um, so they went looking for it. When they were standing up on high, Nidma Laham Lamata, it looked to them that he was standing down below. Lamatah, when they went down below to look for him, Nidma that Meshabane was gave it as Lamaila. Not only that, but even when Naqulushtay Kitois, when they divided into two groups, Oysan Sha'imdim Lamailah, the ones who went up. They were up on the mountain. It looked like Moshe Rabbeinu was Lamata. The ones that are in the bottom, can you imagine? They looked up and they thought that he was up above. Like and Emad, And here we saw the full fulfillment of the Pasik that Velo Yada Ish So perhaps just to continue our words of introduction, that those who stand above, in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu, when we say that he sided with the Jewish people, it's not God forbid in a way that he didn't inspire them to keep the mitzvahs. So the ones who are down below, when we looked at Moshe Rabbeinu, he was chastising us. He was giving us musid, Or he was inspiring us. Or he was doing whatever he felt is needed at the moment to get us to upgrade our learning trade and keeping mitzvahs. So to the ones who are down here, it appeared to us that he's siding with the one above. But to the one above, to Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu appeared to be siding primarily with the ones down below. In other words, he was both... And everyone felt Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. Inspiring each party to get closer to each other. V'Rabcham <speaking in> e'B'Rabchaninu Amar. Af Moshe Rabbeinu Rabbeinu himself doesn't know where he's buried. Meaning, as the Ben Yehoi says, that just like we find at the Oren Kaidish E'Nu Min Hamidon, that means physically it took up space, but it didn't take up space. And yes, we learned regarding the Oron of Yosef HaTzadik, that it traveled relatively together with the Aron Kodesh. Moshe Rabbeinu was mamish like the Aron Kodesh. That, that he himself doesn't know, here, he doesn't take up any space. how do we know? That? Because it says over here, that no man knows his kaver, and it says the word Ish regarding Moshe himself. And who's Maishah? He's Ish, Elohim inshallah you know, we have that also in the Gemara, we learned this together when it says that he's a man and he's godly he's he's ish so it's not that he's half and half that he 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 belongs to all of the worlds and therefore he is from none of the worlds He's above any type of definition. Now we'll understand better why Moshe Rabbeinu was buried right adjacent to an area of the terrible idol. You now it's continuing with the fact that Hashem, the viewed Moshe as being our lawyer, our advocate. You want to be our advocate? So for Moshe Rabbeinu himself, it would have been more advantageous for him to have gone into Eretz Yisrael, for him to, even if he needed to pass away until Moshiach, for him to be have buried in Eretz Yisrael. But for the Jewish people, it's a lot more advantageous for him to be buried near the eye uh, of the Poir, as Toysimus brings out, that when on the anniversary of the day that the Jewish people sinned with the Poir during the story of Bilam, that he gave the bad advice and they followed it and the woman's... And the women of, of Midian and Moiv, they came to entice the Jewish people into adultery, which led, and which is connected to idolatry. And got, unfortunately, 24,000 Jews killed, died, were died in a plague, in a Magyifa, and, and And that every anniversary, the Avodah of Pa'ir wants to rise to be mekatreg, to point the finger and accusing finger against the Jewish people. The moment the Pa'ir rises, Moish Rabbeinu rises up, and defends the Jewish people. And now we're going to read the Bach. Look inside the Aleph. He adds a whole piece in the Gemara that. On the other hand, why was Moshe Rabbeinu's grave? Made in a way that no human being can know where it is. It's hidden. Because it's revealed and known in front of Hashem that that both temples were gonna get destroyed. And and that's gonna lead Ulihi as Israel We're gonna be exiled from our nation, from our country, from Eretz Israel. And Shem that the Jewish People at that time, <coughs> had they known where he's buried, they would have gone to the oil of Moshe. And the Yamdu Bibchiyah, they would have stood up there and they would have cried there. The and they would have pleaded, Lim Misha, asking Moshe to daven on their behalf. And the they would have said, Maisha Rabbeinu, Amaid batfila ba'adenu. And Moshe would have heard, and he would have done it. And the Maisha, Rabbeinu would have stood up, and he would have got God. To nullify this decree, why? Because sadikim they are loved to the Jewish people, and their love in the eyes of God is even greater as when they were alive. Mame is the words that we have in the Getz Chavzayin from the Zohar, right? That sadikayu dispatri stakach ba'alma yaten mebichayeum. Shekein ha'tomaytza b'shoshoyisol b'midbar. The same thing happened when we were in the desert, dursarchu b'maseim, and we stunk. We did terrible things. We made an eagle. And Kodesh Baruch Yisrael. Nevertheless, Hashem tells me many allow me. and I will, God forbid, annihilate the Jewish people." And Kama Tzadikim And how many Tzadikim were in that generation? Hasidim were in that generation. and Aaron, and Yeshua and Eldad and Medad and the Ayn Tzadikim. But Eichahav, Eldad and Medad were part of the Ayn Tzadikim. Kasha. That was the whole story that, that, that every tribe needed to give f- six. Hashem said to chose 70 people. and but, if, but, but you have 12 tribes. If everyone is going to give six, how many people are you going to have? 72. Hashem only said 70, so two tribes only needed to give five. So there was politics. Which tribe is going to have less senators? Less uh, Zikanim. So Eldad who um, made that, uh, not create politics, they said, you know what, we won't go. But the moment Hashem inspired them with Ruach Hakodesh, even though they were Bamachne, but they became nevi'im In any event, Vishar Kha Vitalmi Vitalmidim, nevertheless, Vilay Assub Ishvilam Vlay Bitterhagzeda, So we see that Maisha's power was to really defend the Jewish people, me, Yaqum Lee, even though they were sinners. Who made them stand, Moshe Rabbeinu. So Hashem did not want Moshe Rabbeinu to do the same right before the Galus. So therefore no one knows where he's buried. Well, that is a famous story with the Magid. That even though he passed away, but he passed away promising that Sadiqam will have it easier. And after his Petita, when there were terrible decrees. So many of the Talmidi of the Magid went to Escaved and they said, Why are all these terrible things happening? So the magad came to them and told them that from my vantage point, everything is for the good. Everything is good. So they asked him, if that's the case, should we stop davening? So he said, you have to daven for your reality. That if things appear to you bad, daven for Hashem, they should get better. So it's amazing that Moshe Rabbeinu, even after his petito, still continued to have our vantage point. To the point that if people would have known where he's buried, then he would have felt, he would have seen that the exile is a terrible thing, which is the way we see it, obviously, and he would have successfully stopped it from happening. This is how much Maishad is with the people. Back in the Gemara, What's the meaning of the Pasuk? Go after Hashem, your God, asks the Gemara, How can you walk behind God? How can you follow God's footsteps? Fa nemar. It says that Hashem is a consuming fire. Go walk after fire. What does that mean? Elot means that you should follow God's attributes, meaning. Hashem dresses those who are unclothed as it says Right after the sin That he made for them tunics of oil We'll see soon what that means And he dressed them you too should get clothing for those who cannot afford it. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Bikar chayim. How Hashem is mevakar chayim? D'chseva yera, Elov Hashem be'eloynei mamre. As we learn in Rashi, that Avram Avinu was on the third day of his milah. And Hashem went to be mevaker chaylom. Af'ata bakr chaylim. Hakodesh bo'oruchu nichem avellim. Hashem consoles or comforts those who are in mourning. As it says, v'hihi achrei mois avroham v'hivar hachelikim yitzchak And as we point out, being that the Pasuk juxtaposes, the death of Avraham and Hashem blessing Yitzchak. It must be that Hashem here came to Yitzchak to offer, as was done, the birkas Avelim. More of that on Moed Katen. Afat anachem You also should console, comfort the mourners. HaKadosh Baruch Kavar Meisim Hashem busies himself in burying those who need burial. Dichseiv. As we just go back to the Pasuk Now, very interesting is to point out... That both the Gemara and and the Ramam, the famous Ramam, when he speaks about all of these mitzvahs, all of these good attributes, he says that all of this is Midrabanan, but they are included in the mitzvah of Yahafta So perhaps the reason why the Gemara concludes with this statement that the reason why we should dress the naked and we should feed the hungry and we should clothe, etc., all of that, and all of it is connected to going after God. Even though we find in Chazal that all of these can also be included in the mitzvah of the a Yacha Just to go back to what we started out with. That really, every time we're Mavaka we can view it as we're doing a mitzvah of loving our fellow Jew, Avos Israel, Or, I'm doing what God does. So am I, again, am I with the people or am I with God? So it's back and forth. So my should Beinu... As far as Hashem was concerned, primarily was the man who protected the people. He stood up even for the sinners. But on the other hand, don't think that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was with the people, he told them, you guys are just perfect the way you are. I'm with you. You'll get away with murder. I'll stand up for you. No, the ones who stood down here, we see Moshe Rabbeinu as connected to above. And when we are down here, that we're going to be mevaka chaylem. Why? Because of God. So, you have this duality, you have both angles. And the beauty of Moshe was that everyone saw him, the, that he was the connector, he was the one inspiring us to go beyond our boundaries. So, he inspired us that when we want to be Mavaka Chaylam, do it because go after God. Right? Back in the Gemara. So, now that we quoted the Pasik that Hashem dressed. Adam and Chava with a tunic of Oir. Now we know that we learned this not that long ago, that in in Rabbi Meir's Sefer Torah, the word Oir is written with an Aleph, a tunic of light. See, the problem with this Pasik is that when did Hashem make for them the Kosmos Oir? This is written after the whole story, and after Hashem notified them the consequences of their sin. Right? And after all that, Hashem made for them a costless Right after they sinned, the Torah says clearly that that they, Adam, sowed for himself leaves from a fig tree. So they didn't need clothing as it would appear. So what's the costless So really, something that it comes from skin, something that comes from skin, according to most, refers to wool because wool comes from the skin of. Right of lambs, by the way there are those who say that it was snake skin, which is also, and the another one says, not something that comes from skin, but some garment that's made for the skin, and linen, when made properly is like the most delicate, the most comfortable, it was the cashmere of those days, for the skin, so either it was made from the skin, or it was made for the skin now, what is the the real Machlekes over here the Real Machalik is is that what what's the purpose of garments? So, on the literal meaning, sin caused man and woman to be ashamed. So to us to cover their shame. So clothing is either here to cover and to cover something negative. We find something the opposite in clothing, we find this later by the Kayin, by the Kahanim, that clothing are here, shame fetis, la It's here to give more glory to the person. Or to worded it differently, that we are made out of a body and a soul. And when we look at another, after the sin, when the body became, uh, when the balance of, we are both heavenly and earthly. But after the sin, our earthliness became dominant. dominant. And when we saw others, we saw primarily their bodies. And the more body you see, the less of the neshama you see. So a garment is either to cover the sin, or the garment is here to cover the body in order to allow the neshama to be revealed. Is it for something negative or is it for something positive? Is it to cover the earthliness or is it to reveal the godliness? And these are the two opinions. Whether it came from the skin or it came for the skin. That the Torah begins with Hashem's acts of loving kindness, and it concludes with Gemilus Hasodim, even though in the middle we have all of these Mishpatim and Dinim, which are connected to gevura. So ultimately it's a balance. Now, how do we see in the beginning of the Torah that we begin with Gemilus Chasodim? And that's a tremendous act of Gemilus Hasodim. So, we're going to understand this now that the Gemara is citing that clothing was not an act of consequence of sin. The consequence of sin was resolved when they were wearing their Aleyteena, uh, their that the clothing that God made was clothing that actually allowed their Neshama to be revealed more. So, it's for something good. And Vasayf, as it says, that he was buried in the guy, as we explained. And the ultimate gemilus chassadim by the burial of Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't only that God buried him. That really everything that happens is for our good. And really the whole Golus is in order for us to have the third base HaMikdash. And the whole Churban was part of the building of the third base HaMikdash. And for that to be able to happen, as we learned in the Bach, Moshe Rabbeinu temporarily... Needed to be concealed. Why do you think Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to enter Israel? You think he needed to eat its fruits or to be satisfied from its good? That that was his goal, was it for the Gashmiys? Elokach Amar Moshe Rabbeinu Har mitzvah is Netzavu Yisrael that we were given many mitzvahs and veEin Mekaymin veEin mischaimin, and many of the Tayag mitzvahs can only be upheld, can only be kept elavetz Yisrael. So he said, a ani I want to enter the Holy Land kadesh Yiscaim uKolam al yadi for me to be able to keep all the mitzvahs. I know you when you want to keep the mitzvahs why do you want to keep all the mitzvahs it's not for you of course it's not for you to get the zcharr you want to do it what did we learn before that the ones who are Lamayla what did they see Moshe Rabbeinu as the one who was here to inspire us he saw himself as a man of the people to defend the people to inspire the people so Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to enter Israel, not for his own mitzvahs, but to inspire all of the Jews to keep the mitzvahs. So here we're going to learn an interesting concept, at least the way we're going to interpret it. So Hashem tells them, tells Moshe Rabbeinu, and this is a, a, a very important a pillar in Chassidus Chabad, that even though we have a tzaddik who inspires us, but we cannot fully rely on the tzaddik. It's not that, that tzaddik is going to do all the hard work and he's going to schlep us with him. That we have to stand on our own two feet. If Moshe Rabbeinu would have entered the land of Israel, you would have forced them to do the mitzvah. A good force. But Hashem wanted for us to have our own avodah, And for that to happen, for that time, we were not able... It wasn't advantageous for our own Avada to be connected on a revealed level to Moshe Rabbeinu. It says that That Hashem says I will assign for him meaning for him from Moshe Rabbeinu a portion from the rabbim. And not only will I assign for him a portion from the multitudes, but that Moshe Rabbeinu will divide the spoils with the mighty ones. We'll see what that means. And why is Hashem rewarding? Because Moshe Rabbeinu was willing. He poured out a soul even for death. es and he prevented those from sinning. He carried the sin of the public. And he prayed for the Poyshim. Now the Gemara interprets one by one. That I will assign for Moshe Rabbeinu a portion from the multitudes. If you would think that Moshe Rabbeinu's reward of getting a portion is only like the later Tzadikim got rewards. No. Moshe Rabbeinu was equal, was in par with the Rishayim which is the atzumim, that Moshe Rabbeinu was with the mighty ones. V'es atzumim yechalik Who are the mighty ones? Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And how are they mighty? Why are they mighty? Shehem atzumim b'teiru And why was Moshe Rabbeinu given such a reward? Tachas asher herolomus meaning shemasar atzmei l'misa. He was willing to give his life up for the Jewish people. As it says, shenemar Im ayin, that you, if Hashem, will not bear the sin of the golden calf, so he says, erase me from your book. Which for Moshe Rabbeinu was death. Fe'ez nimna, meaning imidbar, he is counted. Not that he is prevented. He is counted amongst those who sinned. As we mentioned yesterday, that why was he buried in the desert? Because Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu that everything that you did was for the people, was for the Jewish people. It's better for the Jewish people for you to be buried with them. Because since the Mason midbir on their own merit don't deserve a reward or don't deserve to get up by the Mason, God forbid, and we learned in Sanhedrin and Helek, but since Mesh Rabbeinu was buried with them and he's going to get up, so they're going to get up on his merit. And he bore, he carried the sin of the public, meaning that he ultimately succeeded in atoning. For the, for the sin of the Rabbim, for the sin of the eagle that was done by the community. And he prays, the word Yavgiyah means to pray, he prays even for sinners. And what does he pray for? So it's a two-way prayer. He prays that God should forgive them, and he prays to them that they should do tshuva. He's both above and below. And all of that is connected to the fact that he's not buried in Israel. In other words, it's good for us. If he would have entered, first of all, the Macy Midbar never would have gotten up. And on the other hand, our keeping of mitzvahs wouldn't have been ours. It would have been, ah, we have such a big tzaddik amongst us, he made it so easy. It was so inspiring, so we did it because of him. We have to do it because of ourselves. And on the other hand, him being buried in the desert was advantageous for, he's counted amongst the shenimna ve'espoi and the The word encountering means prayer. it says The like these are the words of Yehirbino. And the al gabi do not entreat me. And here we see that pigi a meaning. Rabbeinu ultimately was the one who caused the meeting between Hashem and the Jewish people, and the Jewish people and Hashem. And with this, we can say that Hadran Allah, we will return to the first chapter of Hamakana Leistoi. Now, Rabbi Rabbeinu Hakadosh, when he organized the Mishnah, and this is interesting—that not only did we have a in the Gemara, we had a in the Mishnah. So when you learn all of these inspiring concepts, so what, what did the Rebbe do? What is even more inspiring than Agadeta? Kachim and Because the goal ultimately is to feel the godliness in the Torah. So when you learn all of these uh, statements of Agadeta, you feel, you feel inspired. There is even greater godliness in Kachim and and that's exactly what we're going to be learning. So instead of, sort of say, going back to all of these technical parts of the learning, we're going to get even more inspiration. So now we're really, this daf is going to focus on the Karban Mincha. And we're going to learn many dinim that we will tzashem, learn later when we're going to learn manachas. So continues the Mishnah. See, we really are in the middle of explaining the procedure that happened to a woman once she becomes a suspected adulteress, when she becomes a Saita or a suffix Saita. The Mishnah spoke out what it spoke out and now... Continues the Mishnah that, yas, betuech, kififa, mitzris, that the husband is the one that would buy the Mincha and bring it from his home. When he went up with her, inside A, let's learn the way Rashi Mitris in a palm basket, a wicker basket made out of material that grows around the palm trees. And, and he put the basket which had in it the ingredients for her cardamon Mincha, We'll see soon it was barley flour. as He, he put it on her extended hands. Kede Liaga to tire her out. Why did they want to tire her out? Like we learned before. That many things were done to um, encourage her to admit that she is guilty if she is guilty. Now, an interesting point. Being that the Karben Mincha is part of the procedure. And we're going to learn later when we learn Katshim a little bit that the koin and the owner of the carbon, even if they only have a thought that is not appropriate, for example, if while the avodah is being done, they think, I'm going to eat this after the designated time. Or if they think, I'm going to eat it outside the area in which this needs to be eaten in. Those thoughts make the carbon pigle. It disqualifies the carbon. So a big question here is going to be, how can a mincha be brought by the woman? She can trick the system by making the carbon pigle. So there was no carbon. So she, even if she, God forbid, committed adultery, she's not going to die because there was no carbon mincha. So that's why um, there are so many answers for this. So the Avnei Nezer says like this, that the husband is the one that brought it. Now, if she's innocent, she's not going to make it into pigle. Because she wants the blessings of this procedure. As the trader says, if she didn't have children, she'll have children. If she had children with pain, she'll have children without pain. If the children were sickly, the children will be healthy, etc., etc. Now, if she's guilty, so since the husband is the one that brought it, when do we say that the owner of a carbon has the power to be mephagalit? That is, if the, if the owner is benefiting from the carbon, it's atoning for a sin of mine. But this carbon mincha is not to atone for the woman. If she's guilty, it's actually going to kill her. So it's not considered for her, it's considered against her. And the husband is the one that bought it, so she doesn't have the kayak to be That's a Gavaldika answer, and there are many, there are 80 answers written just by Rabbi Yosef Engel on this question, Vaiten. Now, the Mishnah continues. Kol, you should know, now that we mentioned that a flower offering is brought, the Mishnah is going to show you how her flower offering is unlike any other flower offering. Kol hamanachais, all of the arbor carmen, flower, carbonais, tchilasan and bichlisharis. As Rashi points out, that initially in the Havamina, the Gemara understands that the Mishnah means that the husband or the owner already from their homes. Put it into a serving vessel A kleshotis means the vessels That were belonging to the temple That had in them sanctity Once something that belonged in them Were put in them They acquired a higher level of kedusha. In other words, normally When I designate something for the temple That item was sanctified Bikidushas Peh. It was sanctified because I said I'm designating it. And the level of sanctity is called sanctity of money. Monetary sanctity. Its value belongs to the temple. But for example, if it becomes disqualified, it could be redeemed. Once an item that belongs in a service utensil is put in the Klesha race, it becomes sanctified on a higher level. It becomes holy bikedusha Haguf. That means it becomes essentially holy. And not only is there a higher level of kedusha, but many, many dinim change. But you cannot redeem it if it becomes impure. Another din will be that a Tvul yom has the power to make it tamei, A Tvul yom cannot be metameh, Something that only has kedushas damim and other. But coming back over here, it seems like that it began already in a Shadis. and then at the end, meaning as we'll learn later, by every carbon mincha. Not only was the flour and the oil sanctified, but before they put it on the altar, the kohen took out a scoopful, as we explained, he put in his hand, but he only used the amount of flour that got stuck in between his, these three fingers. And with his pinky and his thumb, he made sure that nothing was protruding. So you couldn't have extra, but you couldn't have less. It needed to be full. It needed to be so full that if there was one little pebble stuck in it, it's not qualified. In other words, you need to have the minimum amount Cannot be less than the kometza. Cannot be more than the kometza. Kamitza means this scoopful. So then he put it in another sanctifying vessel, and it was that vessel that was carried up to the mizbeach. But the zoo, but this is different that Chilasa Bekvifa Mitzvah. It started off, as the Mishnah pointed out, it wasn't brought in a clay shatters, it was brought in this palm wicker basket. And only the Saifa Bekhley and more of that in the Gemara and the Anamid base. Then the Mishnah continues, all of the flower offerings to Unais, they need side of the flower. They need oil and they need levaina. Lavaina is an English frankincense. Let's stick to the words in Lashon Kaidesh. However, vizu this mincha of a soita, eina to una leishamen v'loy It didn't come with oil, nor did it come with that incense. And the Gemara is going to ask one second. That is not unique to a No sin. Flower offering, and there were certain sins for which one would bring a flower offering. None of those came not with oil, nor with levina. So how was the Saita unique? More of that in the Gemara. Kol ha all of the flower offerings, bo'os, they have to come from wheat. But vizu, but this, only the Saita's carbon came from barley. As we spoke out many times, that barley is considered by Chazal as animal food. And more than that, even though there was one other exception, there was one communal sacrifice in the temple that came from barley flour, and that was the oimer, the famous omer, right? the oimer that was brought on the second day of Pesach, on the 16th of Nisan, brought from the new harvest of barley, even there, soita is different, because he, the oimer, came from geres. Geres means that the flour was finely sifted. Chazal look at whole grains as n- not good. Good is when you sift out all of the shaft. But vizu, only by the soita, not only did you start out with barley, but you did not sift it through. It came out of kemach, it came out of, uh, it came out of what we call today Whole flower. Now, Gamliel says why. Since she's being accused of doing animal activities. Therefore, her carbon comes from. And that goes even if she's innocent. It's the fact that she was secluded after she was forewarned. That's something that should not have been done. It's a. So, therefore, that was represented by the type of carbon, says the Gemara. Tanya, learned in the And the Gavaldic. And this will also connect us a little bit to what we learned in the because previously, what did we learn? And of Zion, I think that when they started to intimidate her, admit if you're guilty that you're guilty, they told her, the Mishnah says the words, admit in order for us not to erase God's name. In other words, what was the primary concern? Not that she's going to die, that God's name is going to get erased. Here we're going to learn different. That Abba Khanen says in the name of Rabbi Yezid, they're called Kachlama why did they, why did they you know, stick out your hands and all of the things that they did to get her to admit in order to tire her out so she should take back her claim of innocence if she's guilty in other words for her not to die and now we say if we see that Hashem is so concerned on a sinner that Hashem does not want them to die let them admit that they're guilty how much more does Hashem have Rachmanes? Does Hashem have Chas on Those who do God's will. Says the Gemara mishum How does this Tana Rabbi Yezudah know to say that all of this is in order for her? Why didn't he say what we learned in Davzayin? That all of this is done for God's name not to get erased. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Because since Kosovar, turning to Davyudahin on the base, holds, There's a machlekes and a mishton test as to when exactly was the mincha brought? Was it brought before they erased the entire Megillah, including God's name, or afterwards? Rebeliezer holds that first she would drink the waters. God's name was already erased when they began to bring the carbon of soitim. So by now, there's no concern about God's name being erased. It was erased already. And if still they are encouraging her to admit her guilt, it must be because we are concerned for her not to die, even if she's guilty. to And now the Gemara begins to quote the Mishnah, which is contrasting this Mincha with all the other Karbonois minachis. And as we spoke out on the Mishnah, that we initially understood... That when the Mishnah said, the Mishnah meant, well, will see, it's not, that already from one's home, when you bring to the Beis Amigdash a carbon mincha, you will already bring it in a clay shares, which would right away imbue those, that flower with Kedusha saguf, says the Gemara Vedimino. And we're going to quote a lengthy toisefta and many comments in the Gemara on this toisefta. and this goes through the Seder of a carbon mincha. Say Menachis It's good to remember this. The Beis Hamikdash is going to be built. We got to know Ketzad Adam Avi Beis. How does a person bring a Mincham? Ketzad says the Adam Avi A person brings from his home the amount of flour needed for his carbon for her carbon, and why did they bring it in? Because That's a word for a basket of silver, or in a basket of Zohav. Clearly not in a Kleshadis because the Tsefta continues, the that when they come to the temple, then they put it into a sanctifying vessel, into a holy vessel. The initial understanding is, is that they have to have kavana. I'm putting in it, in order for it to become sanctified. This also will be corrected. We're going to learn later, Gavaldic, that anything that goes into a Kleshadis, Yemet Kavana, Nishmet Kavana, becomes sanctified, haguf, and then Allah Shamna, then you put on it the oil and and this special incense. and then they bring it to the coin. What does the coin do? The coin brings it to the misbeyah, umagisha, and he touches it. It meaning not that the flower itself needs to touch the corner of the altar, but the clay shutdis physically has to touch beketin the roimis mizrachis the southwestern corner al mamash mamish by the corner and vidayon that's enough. You don't have to have you don't have to tilt the clay klissharis for the flower to touch the corner. The utensil can cut, touch the corner. Now, being that we baruch hashem we sat here when we learned zvacha for those who are new. We always use the directions. It helps the way this room is. And for the web audience, that's just the way it is. That behind me is east. In front of me is west. And therefore, north is to my right and south is to my left. But it's easier for us here. You remember, right east. So you have to remember like this, that in the base in the temple area itself, the more west you went, the holier it got. So the heichal was built in the western side. And even when you went inside, there was the Ulam, there was the antechamber, then there was the heichal itself, and then there was the Kodesh HaKadoshim that went from east to west. The Mizbeach was to the east of the Heichel, of the whole building, of the building of the beis HaMikdash. Now we're going to learn later that there's a three-way machoikis. It's very simple. Exactly where was the Mizbeach? One opinion holds that there were the walls that surrounded the Azara, The Heichal was built in the center. You should know the Heichal itself, inside the Kodesh, inside the room, there was 20 Amas width inside the room. But the walls, each wall took up six Amas, so 20, six and six, it's 32. So if you were to measure, not the opening up, that was much wider, but the length of the Kodesh, of the Heichal, the the width, right, from north to south, from south to north, took up from the outside 32 Amas. The Mizbeach itself, the Mizbeach that was built by Shlomo, unlike the Mizbeach that was built by Moshe, that was much smaller, the height were the same, but the length and the width were Who Shloymeh HaMelech made the outer altar 32 amos. So the outside parameter of the Mizbeach and the outside parameter of the Hechel were the same 32 amas. Right? The Mizbeach is, is in the Mizrach and the Hechel is in the Mairef. One Tanah holds that the Mizbeach was placed exactly in the same position as the Hechel. It's amazing. It's kavaldik. One Tana holds that the entire mezbeach was placed to the north. Now if the entire mezbeach was placed to the north, that means that if you would take the azar and cut it in half, that half, that line would go in middle of the hechel, in middle of the hechel. But when they built the mezbeach towards the east, they put the southern side of the mezbeach on that line. It still meant that some of the Mizbeach was facing the opening of the Hechel. But it was placed on the ground entirely in the north part of the Azara. And another Tanah holds that the whole Mizbeach was placed entirely to the southern part of that line, that imaginary line. Why did the width of the Azara, I don't remember right now. But the Hechel took up 30 Tuamas. And then it was placed on each side. I'm going to say 50, uh, 50, but I uh, might be wrong. Now, another thing that's important, that the Mizbeach had a ramp that led up to it. And the ramp was placed on the southern side. The ramp also took up 32 Amas. Not everybody was going to answer the question. It means there needed to be space, even if they put the whole Mizbeach on the southern side, the, the, the length of the ramp was 32 Amas. And then there was a little gap in between the ramp and the Mizbeach, which is not negative for right now. Okay, so now we're going to learn soon in the Gemara, this is all important for today's daf, that this Tanakama holds, that where did they touch the clay shoddis that had in it all of the carbonase of flour? It touched the southern western corner. So west of the mezbeh would mean the part of the mezbeh that's facing the hechel, right? And the, southern, and the southern corner. Why over there? We'll see in a moment. And with the dioy. And then, after that haggasha was done on Masalakas the Kayin would put the levaina to a side of the flour and the oil that was in the Klei and the kayan would make the Kamitsa as we explained before, making sure that none of the levaina went into the scoopful, because if even one drop of lavina would have been in there, that would have meant that there's one drop less of flour and oil. And the Kemitah needed to be full with flour and oil. And he put it into a second holy utensil. And again, the Havamina is that bekavana that he had in mind to be M'Kadoshet again, B'Kleishadis. We'll see why you have to sanctify it twice. And then he gathered the levaina and he put some of that levaina on top of the Kemitah. So when you take it up on the ramp, you have not only the khamitsa, you have the khamitsa and the Levainah. We just didn't want for the Levainah to be in the place of the khamitsa. And let's read the parentheses: he brought it up. umaktiroi, and he offered it. He was makterit and as was the mitzvah by anything that went on the mizbeach. As he's walking up, he puts salt on it. And and he puts it on the fires. As the Gemara teaches us, especially Bisman bayisishin, and some even Bisman Bayezheni, that there was the fire that we were obligated to build, right? There, there, there were actually, there were three ma'araches or maybe four ma'araches, but there was a fire, there was a pile of fire from the logs, the special logs they had in the base of HaMikdash, don't think of a log, think more of a piece of plywood, because it was an ama, an ama and it was one Edzba Thin, it was like planks of very dried out wood, on aside of that, there was always a heavenly fire, in the shape of a lion, so there were two fires, there was the fire Shalmata, and the fire Shalmaila, that's why it's always called in the Mishnah, is Ishim B'Losh now, after the kemitzah was was thrown on the fire, then shiurea all of that which was which stayed behind in the first is that can be eaten by the kahanim. And not only that, says the breit, says that that the kahanim are allowed to put in it wine and oil and honey. And what's the chiddush we learned in mesekhlas that these substances they are mechamets. They make flour become chametz even quicker than what water does to flour. And we were never allowed to have any chametz in the Bais HaMikdash. Again, here also there were only two exceptions. One exception was the carbon toida that came with 40 loaves of breads. 10 of the 40 were chametz. And one communal... Chametz, the carbon that was brought on Shavuot is known as the But normally you can't have chametz, And even if you're going to add wine You're going to add oil, you're going to add honey It's going to be Muhammad's it You can do it However, if the Kahanim wanted to eat it With more taste So they want to put wine in it But be careful To make sure that you need to do whatever you need to do To prevent it from becoming chametz. Where they making this in the base there was a place for that. There was a chamber for that. And not, not all of it was baked. We're going to learn later there were many types of karbanes. Some of them were baked. And after they were baked, they were broken into pieces. And then from that, they took a khmitsa. And some of it was what we would call today um, hot cereal. In other words, it, it wasn't baked. It, was, it was, there was, a, there was a deep frying pan or a pot with water. And then some of it was like a pancake Okay, we'll get to that later. Now, end of Tesefta. So, what was the whole point? Why did we bring this in here? That it says, Khtani Miha, that when a person brought a mincha, he brought it, the Shal Kesev, or Ubikalosi Shal Zav, and then in the Beis Amigdesh, they brought it into a Klei Sharis, and our havamina was that the Mishnah was implying that all of the Karbanais were brought from the outset in a Klei Sharis. Answers the Gemara, Amadav Papim, that our Mishnah never meant that you, from your home you put it in a Klei sharis. I'll tell you why. How did you have a Klishadus in your house? All it meant is, is, that when you brought your flower to the Beis Hamikdash, you already needed to bring it in a dignified utensil. A utensil that could be, if you would donate it to the temple, that they could use that type of material for a Klishadus. Bekelem harooyim li Which is silver, which is gold. But you know what? You could not bring it in in a wicker basket. Because a wicker basket is not material from which you can make a clay In other words, michal, if that's the meaning, the chafifa mitzvah like hazia. One second, asks the Gemara, yeah? If that's the case, our Mishnah cannot be like Rabbi Yesi and Rabbi Yehuda Because we learned in Abraissa, Aids, according to Rabbi. You can't have any Klishat that's made out of wood. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, well, again, it's not the end of the world, but the Gemara always tries to make our Mishnah go according to all the And here, that's Taka the K. Says the Gemara of Philoteim Rabbi Yehuda. That you can use wood for a service utensil that's only Bachashuven, only if it's Chashuva wood. Wood. But Upepsuchim, right, Upepechusim, but inferior a wicker a wicker basket me amar would he ever hold of that lazily Rabbi will he not hold this pusic is quoted so much when it comes to karbana is to catch him so that's a pusic right in nah where you're being challenged offer this if you please to your governor Will your governor accept it when we give a gift to a human being and we give a gift that doesn't look nice? Is that going to accomplish what you wanted it to accomplish? Is he going to give you favor? Of course not. So likewise to Hashem, we cannot offer something in a lowly, in an inferior packaging. Good, a, uh, a wicker basket is not good. Nice not good. Correct. Now, saying that, you know, like we spoke out by Tzniyas, by the Goenim, this thing changes. So we're living now at a time. It could be a wicker, you know, the world has different styles. And if wicker is in and that's considered choshif, that's okay. It's about, like, like, when we get dressed for davening, we should dress nicely. For Hashem, we should get dressed, you know, with, with good makhshavas. No, because if we would go to a human being, we would put on our nice clothing, so. This is a concept. This is used across the board. It's like, bit me. Can you offer this to your governor? If you won't go like this to your governor, don't go like this to Hashem. Bite it. And now it says, this is good. Kachim and Tadas all packed together. So the Gemara initially understood from the Tesefta, elamik daas," that the Tesefta is trying to say, you have to put it in it. Without Kavana, there's no kadusha, Says the Gemara, no. Ema, read it. Nois no Likacha That you, the Bryce, is letting you know that whether you had Kavana or not, if you put it in a holy vessel, you will become sanctified. And that's a gavaldik for all of us. No, it's Ye not Kavana. Lishma As long as we are in a holy environment, sooner or later, a little bit of that kadusha. Is going to affect us as well. Amen. You put on it the oil and the Levaina, as it says, that the Yotzek Shaman, the And as it says, the Higisha, and now let's go on to this. That they brought it to the southwestern corner, and they brought it mamish by the corner, and they had the vessel touch it, and that is enough. the Torah never said it has to be to a corner, and the Torah never spoke about the sides. Where did the chachamim get that it has to be southwest? Oh, so says the Gemara. Since it says V'zois toiras Hashem. Now, what does Lifnei Hashem mean? Think about it, like we spoke out. Since the hekel was in the west of the Mizbeach, so in front of Hashem means the western side. The whole western side, at least according to the Tanakama, is in front of Hashem. Not if you hold that the Mizbeach was in the north, because if the Mizbeach was towards the north, then part or the northern part of the Mizbeach is not facing the whole building. But now that we're learning that the Mizbeh was placed in the center of the Azara, just like the Hechel was, so Lifnei Hashem means the western side. But now the Pasik adds another word, and the Torah says the words, Pnei hamizbech, the face of the Mizbeh. What is the face of the Mizbeh? So logic says, being that there was a ramp that brought up Kahanaman to the top of the mizbech, the ramp went from the south to the north, but the ramp was on the southern side. That's called the face of the mizbech. Because you face it when you walk up to it. You can't get up from the other side. So the trader is saying two words, one implies the west, one implies the south. Which one is it? And Vitanya and different the Brisa speaks out to the challenge. Hashem. So that implies have. Ah, but then the trader says, Pineham is beh, the face of them is beach, face of them is El is Yachal so it says, Lifnei Hashem. So, so the solution will be, that you bring it to the corner, south and west, mamish corner. It's both Lifnei Hashem and it is Paneiyah Mizbeyah and Vidyoy. Comes along the Tanarabi Rabbi And as the Gemara is going to point out, Rabbi Elozer holds that the entire Mizbeach began. Again, let's take the whole Azara. Let's divide it into half. Make an imaginary line. And the southern side of the Mizbeach began in the northern part of the Azar. Now, according to him, on one hand, if you speak about Lifnei Hashem, Lifnei Hashem cannot be the whole western side. On the other hand, it's Cavalic, even if you were to put it not exactly on the corner, like in this room, this would be the corner. Because this is west and this is south. So the Tanakama says over here, According, if you hold that, the whole mizbech is already moved over here. Even if you were to put it mamish only on the southern side, as long as it's not all the way back to the east, you can even call this lifnei Hashem. Because the whole mizbech is moved over, which is exactly what he says. So Rabbi Yolozer says, back in the Gemaren, do you think that you have to put it only on the western side of the corner? Or can you even put it on the southern side of the corner? Not like the Tanakamat has to be Mamish corner. Pasha, the southern side of the corner. Omar. So I will tell you the following. Whenever you have two doing it one way. Will not only fulfill the demands of one verse; it's also going to fulfill the demands of the other verse as well. Or you have another option: echad makaim atzmai. Or you can fulfill one part of the pasik, but doing it in such a way, you're going to be mevatel divrei chaverei. So, if you have a choice, what do you do? Obviously, you do that, which is mekayim both. Is and, and you have to grab, you have to grab the tevesin esh mekayim atzmai chaverei. And now he concludes, so the Tanakama used the same logic. But the Tanakama's logic was therefore put it in the corner. Because if you put it in the corner, you make in both Lifnei hashem and Lifnei is beh. If you would put it in might then says Rabbi Allah, you'll be mavatl panayam is bidarim. However, when you do it al is even if you put it not in the corner, if you put it mamish on the south. As being the whole mizbech was to the north, so your are mekayim both. Is kiyamta even lifnei Hashem b'mayrav? Ha'keitzad magisha le'draymishol keren. You should put it in the southern side of the corner. Asks the Gemara. One second, the kayamta. kayamta. How is putting it in the southern side fulfilling lifnei Hashem? So says Ravashi. kusavar ha'itana kulam mizbech, bat koi. And therefore, since the whole Mizbeach was towards the north, even if you put it fully on the southern side, it's Mamish Lifnei Hashem. What is the meaning of the Mishnah of the Tesefta vidiyoi? It's enough. You would think that you would have to tilt the clay to have some of the flour and the oil physically touch the Mizbeach, that the touch of the Kaili ke- is enough. The how do you know that? Maybe taka the flower itself should have to touch. So K'ra, since it says, El in the same pasik, bring the flower to the coin and the coin will bring it near the mizbeach. Ma koyin. We know you don't give it the flower in the hand of the coin. You have to first be Magdashid Bakhli Sharas. So you're giving it to the coin Bakhlish. Afha should be Then it says that before the coin does the Kimitza, he has to move the Lovein to the side. So the levana should not be scooped up together with the Mincha. That if, that if when the coin does the scoop, the kemitza, if in his hand comes up either a pebble or a Gargar melech or a grain of salt. Salt was put on later. But if salt is part of the kemitza or, or a particle of the levana, then puzzle because you don't have the full shear we'll stop over here just to finish with the following word that the concept of salt that everything needed to, to, to be offered on the mizbeach was salt so salt is something of, of positive and on the other hand we have we just read Hashgacha right we're now in Marchesh when Tavshanayin Vav that when this angel saved Loit and he told him don't turn around and she turned around and she became a pillar of salt so is salt good or is salt bad? So you have this word that we have in Hasidus that salt represents guilt. It's a good word. And people who want to move ahead sometimes get stuck because they're looking behind. What did I do yesterday? And they feel guilt and they think that feeling guilt is part of their tshuva. But in most cases, being overly guilty is going to hold you back. You'll be standing like a like, like atziv melach. You have to know how to move ahead. On the other hand, when a person is moving ahead in a positive direction, God forbid they should become arrogant. So they have to put a little bit of salt on their meat to remember, as David Ramallah said, that the Khatasi Negdi summit it keeps us humble. Imir to be continued.